Good morning. So, in the spirit of our uh, ongoing uh, shiurim here every Thursday, I covered eight ain't soft, and then Simpson. And the last shiurim were on the Simpson kipshute, not kipshute, and all the days and that. So I thought fitting, since we're going already in that order, to go to the next uh, sugya and say the Yishtalshla, so to speak, which in that order would be Rishimu, which I'm sure you've learned and heard about. But it's also like uh, many of the, all the sugyas are somewhat shrouded in some mystery, especially Rishimu. And uh, so... I posted it late last night. You probably all were asleep, but uh, all the Marmikamas that I uh, gathered together, pretty extensive. There's more, but that is uh, from all the Rabbeim and also from Kabbalah. So in the same way as I explained Simtsum and Eir, the main punchline is going to be, not just understand it, but the Mainaf Kamina. If you didn't have it as Shimu, what difference would it make in Aravedis Hashem, as well as uh, any other implications in life. And what really does it add in the whole picture? So it's interesting that, first of all, Chsidis, when it says the word Simpson, which of course is used much more than you hear the word Rishimu, Derechlal, it was always known that Simpson and Rishimu go together. It says Simpson, it means Simpson and the Rishimu. It says that in several places. and uh, But nevertheless, it's two aspects to the tzimtzum. The difference is, as the words imply, tzimtzum means to conceal or to contract, and a shimu, poshut shamika, we'll soon see, has a lot of other meanings. Poshut of a shimu is, in English you say, a trace or an impression, or even a shimu could also be residue which means like when something happens, there's an impression that's left even after that event happened, which means it's not the full-blown uh, event, but it's the effect it had and the Rishima it left. Even when you say, I heard a shear or I went somewhere and it had an effect on me, you say, I had a Rishima on me. It was made a Rishima on you. So the word Rishima means an impression. So in a sense, it's almost like the opposite of Tzimtzum because Tzimtzum is concealing. And a shima seems to be something is left. And that's exactly the point which we're going to talk about. But they usually come together. As a matter of fact, in Tanya, the only place he doesn't, I don't believe the word Rishima is ever used in Tanya. I may be mistaken, maybe somewhere in Nagar Sakedish or Kuntasachan. I'm almost sure not. If you have a Tanya, look in the Rebbe's Mafteach, see if there's a shima. If there's no Rishima, it's probably not used. Uh, but there is an uh, alluding to it in Sofpedic Dalad. I forgot actually to add that to my Mechemus. I'll, I'll add it afterwards. Sofpedic Dalad of Shai Yichud Vamuna, where the Rebbe Rasha, the Alta Rebbe rather, has the Chatzidibua there, the brackets. And he says, Simpson Nikra Kalim. Which again, as soon as you read that, sounds one second. Simpson, we all know, is about Helam. It's been the Eirein Sof, was Meir, and Mamala Kola Metzius. And as it says in Eitz Chaim, and then, the, then the, as Arizal says, there was a Tzimtzum. And here the Alter Rebbe says, Tzimtzum Nikri Kalim. That means it's, a, it's a called Kalim. So 
all the, the pshat poshat is because simsum is not just a void and empty, it actually is called kalim, and kalim, the rusherish kalim, as we shall discuss at length, is the shimu. And why the Alter Rebbe doesn't use the words, it could be mafapal in that, why he doesn't use it, he definitely uses it my modem, in different my modem, so it's not like Alter Rebbe doesn't recognize that, but that's what he says, and there's a sicha, a lengthy sicha, which I may have mentioned, if not, I'm going to discuss it here, in the Shiurim, Shabbos Pasha Mishpatim Tovshin Chavzayin, so the, as you know, as Rabbi Weinberg, Olav Shalom was teaching Tanya on the radio that I would listen every week and also would edit every one of the shiurim. So we have shiurim to say for Tanya, Mamish Tanya edited by the Rebbe, the shiurim in Tanya, from beginning to end. And the Rebbe sometimes, Ramish Potim, Truma time, that was the anniversary when the Tanya began to be taught in Tov Chof. So every year that Shabbos, the Rebbe would talk about it, would either say some few words about the anniversary, um, like a, and then sometimes he would discuss a topic that that he was up to. So then he was up to Shari Dalit. I think it took 26 years to teach the entire Tanya on the radio. So I think he finished in Fustav Shechov, Mem Vov, or something like that. Mem Beis, so maybe 22 years. Um, regardless, so the Rebbe gave a whole sicha on what means Simpson Rikrikelim. It's made the sicha. The Rebbe edited it afterwards. It could be found, I think it's in the Esophis Lukutisichas in Chelik Chofalof. Yeah, the Esophis of Chelik Chofalof, without the Rebbe, the whole sicha is printed there. Momus Shor is that Chelik. I will obviously summarize it also in this context because it helps us understand the Shimu. And I believe in that sikha the Rebbe does make reference that it is the Rishimu. So it's not some speculation. Um, okay. So with that said, as a general context of Tzimtzum, that it goes together with Tzimtzum, so what exactly does it add? We just said the Tzimtzum. We know there's Eirein Sof before the Tzimtzum. The Eirein Sof was Mamala Kolomitsis, which means the divine consciousness. Think of it like a, an ocean of Elikus, and there's no room for anything else. Talking obviously conceptually, not the Gashmis. So like the, the Rav, the Moshe of the teacher, whose brilliance is so powerful, there's no room even for a student to sit there, let alone to understand, because his, his whole light is filling the whole existence. So the Rav and the Moshe needs to be mitzamsim himself, which means he silences or quiets his flow, and even though he remains the same Rav with all the seichel within him, but the Talmud now, there's room for a Talmud to sit there, or to stand there and be able to be makabal. But that's not enough, Simpson, because that's still only a concealment. Then comes the Kav. This is all straight Eitzchayim, Arizal, directly the beginning of Eitzchayim. You say this of Kabbalah, Arizal, that then comes a Kav. A Kav is light, Oyer. But now it's a Kav, Kotzer Vedak, which means it's thin, narrow, short. Again, all this is a moshal. But the nimshal would be like the rav now is streaming affirmation to the student, the fierke. If it's a child, it's olive bait. That's the kav, and the nimshal is a lakus, is now tailored and being measured. That's what a kav means, to measure. Kav amida, that it measures and tailors the divine energy which is rooted in Ene Sof Lifniat Simpson following the Simpson. So the Kav is completely impacted by the Simpson, but it's still light. It's teaching. 
But it's a teaching that can then now go through Ishtalshlis and the whole Ishtalshlis of Ak and Akudim, Nakudim, Vrudim, or in the language that sometimes we're familiar with, Tzilis, Bri, Yitzir, Asiyah, all the way through Ishtalshlis, all the Eris and Kalim, of Chachma, Bin, Adas, all the Svidus, and all the Dargis. Everything is controlled by this uh, measured flow, regulated flow. I mean, just as a Gashmizdik example, like uh, imagine the faucet in your sink. If it wasn't working, either you'd have no water altogether or you would flood your whole house. This, the, this faucet regulates the flow, so then we can receive it. We're pouring uh, from a big, a big reservoir of water into a pitcher and a pitcher into a cup. And these examples I used in Chassidus, how the Kav measures the flow, which of course not an, it doesn't, it's not its own rotsen, it's the Abishta working through the Kav. So it makes sense how Shtaushlus then takes on shape. And the same thing, for example, when uh, every child is born. It begins from a tipas mayachav that fertilizes the egg of a mother, of the mother, and then in turn conceives a seed, a, a, a uh, viable life. But it's only a uh, it's one cell, one cell literally. You can't even see it, but that cell has like an like an a seed, like a kernel, everything in it. And through the nine months of gestation, pregnancy, it develops just like a seed in the ground would grow into a tree. And that's essentially, and it's, if the if the air was so intense, it would not be able to allow the keiches and nefesh to be able to go into the kelim. You need the air haria in the ayin, the air hashmi, and the azin in the air. And the same thing, the heart is different than the mind, and that's what a healthy human being is. It's a regulated flow of the, of the life energy that goes into each part of the body properly. Just to give another example, like Rahman al-Islana, a stroke. What a stroke can do? A stroke impedes the flow of the blood. So it means it doesn't allow the blood to flow properly to certain places in the human body. On the other hand, if you thin the blood, which is what's done, you thin it too much, then the blood flows too powerfully, and it could create a hemorrhage. So the key to real life is the balance. You can say like the calf to balance that it should be enough energy, but not too much. So like in the teacher, you can't, the kav has to be measured. If he says too little, the student won't understand. If he says too much, he'll overwhelm him. So the key to all communication, education, is the balance between that type of, you could even call chesed and gvur, if you wish. A sense of gilu and helem, or gilu and simsum. So now, with all that, sounds great. Why do we need a shima? So what's this shima exactly? How does that fit in? So, I'm gonna, so if you have the Maya Mechemis, I'm going to go through them as we learn, as we talk, and I'll refer to uh, the different Marmikamis of what I'm explaining in that order. But I want to give one introduction before I begin the actual details. Let me just open the open this up with this. <clears throat> okay. I know more about the Rishim than I know about my own uh, mobile phone. I like that. Okay. Um, Halavai. Yeah. Good. There's another fascinating thing that you'll see will emerge from uh, this discussion is that when you really get into the details of the Rishimu, you see something amazing. It, I believe it's maybe not the only, but the most boiler that I, that I recollect in Chassidus uh, that you actually can see how the Sugi is built and rose, Mamash Medeir Ledeir, how the Rizal taught it, 
how the Talmud Arizal understood it, and then how the Alter Rebbe, the Mitla Rebbe, Tzemach Tzedek, and I'm not exaggerating, each one, and I'll point them all out as we go, Rebbe Marash, Rebbe Rashab, Fridik Rebbe, the Rebbe, I mean, really, it's the Rebbe Rashab, the Fridik Rebbe, the Rebbe, the I mean, the Sikh Mishpatim Chavzayin, I should correct myself, is a major Chiddush in all of this. But your mamish can see a sugya that began like just a Nukuda, which of course is the Seder's dick, but you can see the Rabbein literally expanding it and developing it to the point that it even created some controversy, which is always the case. Just like with Simpson, there were different opinions. There's a famous Vikuach um, between uh, the Kapaster, the Moganovis, the son of the Maril. Um, with one of the chassidim, his name was uh, Dan Tumarkin, uh, a vikuach in understanding how the Rebbe Marash was understanding of the Rishim. But that will come a little later. I want to do it in a Masudah way. But I wanted to just point that out, that you literally can see, and the Rabbeim actually referred to the previous ones and say you have to add more pshat. And when you look at the Ishtalsus, you can see, even in the Rebbe Rashab himself, you see Ishtalsus from Tafresh Mem Gimel all the way to Ayin Beis, how the Rebbe Rashab begins with the Yeshleimer and then he turns it into a whole sugya. So that's another interesting thing. I really believe you probably can find it in every sugya in Kabbalah and Chassidus, because uh, the Rabbeim didn't just repeat, they always added something. But the Rishim is very bailit and very obvious, as I shall point out. So I'm going to begin with uh, where does it say Rishim in the first place? So the first place is in Eitzes Chaim, of Eitzes Chaim is also Chisvarizal. Um, You'll see there are always, uh, many of them are called by the name Chaim, because Rabbi Chaim Vital was the Talmud that wrote down all the Kisve Arizal. That's why he called Kisve. The Arizal didn't write. He spoke. I mean, he wrote, he wrote, we have the Chodaydi, the certain, certain uh, Zemiris, but the main writer was Rabbi Chaim Vital. I should mention, because we'll talk about it soon as well, there was another Talmud of that Arizal. His name is Rabbi Yisrael Sarud. And actually... Rabbi Chaim Vital writes in his introductions that he was the only one given the right to write the Hanochis of the Arizal. So it doesn't call it Hanochis. But to write it down, and no other has the authority to do so. So there was a big machlekes in this as well, because Rabbi Sol Saruk left Svas and actually was teaching Arizal's Teireh to different Mukabalim. And there were those that held that you cannot follow what Rabbi Sol Saruk was teaching, not because he was a bad man, because the Arizal trusted one writer and they didn't want confusion of different interpretations, which would only create more problems. There were those that that uh, went with the, like, for example, Emek uh, HaMelech, which we'll talk about, so Mishnah Chassidim, others, that were Tamidim of Rabbi Yisrael Saruk. Now, what's interesting, what happened was that it broke into two camps, and uh, there were those that Mamish would not look at anything from the Kabbalah of Rabbi Yisrael Saruk. But in time, there were those that did look in both. And what did Chassidus do? The Rebbe talks about it in some footnotes. So the Chassidus actually brings from both, openly. So the Alter Rebbe clearly, and I think the Rebbe says somewhere, I'm, I mean, I'm almost sure that he was Makabalis from the Magid and the Baal Shem Tov. So he actually integrates both uh, Talmidim. So even though Rachav still remains the main authority, but Rabbi Shol Surug is not off limits. And his, his and, and Yonim that he taught, that doesn't, you don't find in Rabbi Chaim Vital's writings, is actually totally integrated into Chassidus, and one of them is actually Rishimu, as we'll talk about in a moment, but Rishimu is mentioned by Eitzus Chaim, by Rav Chaim Betal, but not by Riches. So, for example, a sugi, like if you ever heard the expression, Shashuya HaMelech Batsmuse, 
That's strictly from Rabbi Yisrael Saruk's Kabbalah that Emma Kamelech discusses. You don't find it anywhere. The Alter Rebbe writes in Kutatera that it's not in Kisra Rizal from the Rachav. There's other things like uh, Malbush, if you've heard the Simpson of Malbush, Meruba, Eagle. There's a lot of sugis in Kabbalah that are brought in that are taken from Yisrael Saruk. The Tzimach Sadiq talks about it as well. So, obviously, once the Alter Rebbe gives that shtemple and that approach, so then uh, it's all uh, it's all part of one tater. So with that said, I'm reading now. Uh, so the, so the Marmakemis are the first ones, Eitzes Chaim. So what does he say in Eitzes Chaim? I'm actually reading, it's quoted by the Alter Rebbe in Lukut Tater. It's one of the Marmakemis here, famous Lukut Tater, the Esophis of Vayikra. Um, the page is Nun Aleph Beis. So the Marmakemis is called Lohovin Mashakosov Eitzes Chaim. That's how the Marmakemis Bitchilose. He talks about all of the Heitzlan, and so on. He talks about the Tzimtzum. So here's the Alter Rebbe. This is the Alter Rebbe, remember, also did not write this. This is written by the Alter Rebbe's Manichim. Probably there were five total. This is most likely written by um, the Alter Rebbe's brother, the Maril. There was Hanochis written by the Mitla Rebbe, son of the Alter Rebbe, Ramosha, the son of the Alter Rebbe, and uh, Rapinchas Rezes. You know, you have Hanochis Arap, you may have seen. And then you have the Tzamech Tzedek later. When he got older, he also wrote. So we actually have sometimes a mimer from the Alter Rebbe, five versions. At least three versions and two versions, five of sometimes five versions. So here is what he says. He says, sham. So there's a Hagar and Eitzes Chaim. Now based on that, it's very possible that Hagar is not written by Rab Chaim Vital, which would obviously stim with the fact you don't find the Rishimu in in uh, in Rechav's uh, Teda. Like it says, like you say, it says like this. Ubagosham iso v'nishel cholol lav dafke. That when it says that after the tzimtzum a cholol remained, and we know cholol mokem pone a space a vacuum, lav dafke he says, lav dafke chol k'nishel sham rishimu ma'ir aval gaba ha'ensof nikra cholol at kan l'shene. It's exact direct quote from the Kutatera quoting the Eitzes Hagon Eitzes Chaim. And then there's a Hagar here, which is most likely from the Tzemach Tzedek, on this, on this piece that talks about the Hagar and Eitzvah Chaim's Hagar. He says, mm-hmm. is another, uh, another sefer written by Rabbi Chaim Vital. So Emma Kamelach from Rabachrach, what was his first name? Uh, it slips my mind right now. He was our Talmud of Rabbi Saul Sarug. So it's not Rabbi Chaim Vital. So look more there. And there it says, I'm just reading. The Rishim was the level of letters. Asius. And then he brings a few more things which are somewhat related, but not directly. So here we have the first sources of Shimu in Kisra Rizal, the Agon Etzis Chaim, Movish Sha'orim, and Emek HaMelech, which is a little more elaborate. And finally, he brings from Migdash Melech, which is also from the Tamidim of Rabbi Sol Saruk, Right in the beginning of Zayr, the famous Zayr, Bereish from Nisid the Malka, Gol of Galifa, Betihiri, Allah, it's very often Exodus. And that Zayhar, 
Right, the beginning of the beginning of Zoyar is a Migdash Melech that also talks about this Rishimah. The Rebbe has actually a footnote, which I think I'd say as well, Ranat, Hacholzu. I think it's Pedic. Let me look it up. Let me see here. The order of the Rebbe, Pedic of Zion and Ranat, page Ein Zion, Amad Ein Zion. So the Rebbe there cites actually the Migdash Melech, and I think the Emek HaMelech, just, just for Mara McCamus to know where this is all originating from. Before this, I don't believe any reference made to the Shema anywhere else. There are always hints to things in the Zayar, but the Zayar you don't understand until the Arizal explains it. So I believe that there is Zayar, some, some hints to the Shema, but officially documented, like you see here. I mean, this is I'm quoting straight from Kutateira. If there was any earlier sources, he would have brought it. And he says clearly, I am an Indian of Shimu, these sources starting from Aitz's Chaim the Hagar. Okay. So what do we know from this? Based without even any Haspas Borah, Siddhis, and so on, you know, like this that when you say Tsimsum and Cholol, it's not, he said, Lavdavka. It's not literal. Now, not literal here doesn't mean just it's not Tsimsum Kipshute. Because if he said clearly in, in Aitz's Chaim, it's not Tsimsum Kipshute, there couldn't have been a Shita that would hold it Tsimsum Kipshute. So we're not talking about that it's not Simpson Kipshuti. We're talking something more. That there's besides the fact that the Simpson, and that is up to the different opinions, and we already established out of Paskins, Simpson, not Kipshute. But even according to the Sheet of Simpson Kipshute, they also hold it as a Rishimu, because it says it clearly in these Swat. No one could argue with the Itzas Chaim. Um, unless you'd say, which I'm just I just thought of this moment. That they would say that's is Rabbi Saul Sarug's Kabbalah and Lav Dafke Rab Chaim Vital. There is a Rishim. I don't know. I never saw that anywhere. Just, uh, just, uh, just as a uh, maybe there's such a possibility. Okay, but that's not really so negate in Yonenu. What's negate here is like this: that he says clearly Lav Dafke Cholol. The only reason why do you call it a Cholol? Because compared, like he says, Shem Rishim. Why does he call it some? He says. Um, so here's for the first time that we hear that as much as the Simpson concealed everything, and we know it's a Simpson Bederech Siluk, not Bederech Miut, which means it wasn't just diminished. It's not like a light was flowing in soft and you just lowered the volume or lowered the light, dimmed the light, so to speak. No, the whole light was shut off, so to speak. I mean, we're talking here, total silence. That's a Simpson. That's very clear. Everyone agrees. Even those that hold Simpson, not should they hold that. The Shaila is, is it a Helen or is it an actual Siluk as we discussed the uh, length in the previous uh, Shuri? But here now he says, but nevertheless, even after it was all shut off, something remains. Arashima remains. So what does that mean exactly? And remains. It's not that he said that he dimmed the light. It's not changing Pshat. The Simpson is still full, full and full glory. But something remains, which the literal meaning of the word Hashim is something remains, I said before, a trace, an impression. It would be like shutting the lights in this room. It's completely dark, but there's some, some, something was here. Whether we could see it or not is another discussion which we'll talk about. But to say complete, nothing, no. And this is an addition, I repeat again, this is an addition to saying Simpson is not Kipshute, which would mean it's totally concealed. But here there's something else, Hashim. So it's still mysterious. What is this Hashimah exactly? Is it Oyer? Is it like, like you say, let's say you shut all the lights and there's a, like a little, uh, cl- a little dimmed light r- remaining? Not that you dimmed it. 
after it's all shut, something still remains. What, what is this? Is this Oyer? What dag is this? So he did say that it's Asius, which is going to obviously become developed very much in Chassidus. What does it mean, Asius? What do you mean by Asius? Where do these Asius come from? And what is their role? And what are they doing here even? And um, so, but he clearly says all this. What I, what he said, pshat, this is pshat. Havana, we need to have. Now, when you look at Emek Kamelach and uh, in the Mikdash Melech, I believe as well, they add something else, which also helps us start getting the beginnings understanding of this is Shimu. Um, and that is, they bring the Maimah Chazal, Kedusha Le'zazim Emkemu. The Dafka and the Shimu. That since Kedusha Le'zazim Emkemu, you can't say, Inside that cloud, that there's a complete helm and the and kedusha was completely concealed. You have to say something remains. Therefore, the Rishim is also a chachasichlis, just like we speak about the Kaisla Marovi or the Harabayas. Even after the Khurm, and there's buffet, there's no base amigdash. You can't bring carbonus, there's not even a, a havamina like that. There's no base amigdash. And then it says man she'en base amigdash kayim and has all the effects halachically when there's no base amigdash. And yet, you're not allowed to walk there. Why not? If there's something there, so maybe you should be able to do something. Because Kedusha Le'zazim in Kema, the Shekhinah Le'zazah ever from this place, because it's always remains. I, the Mishkin in the Midbar, so we know, was temporary. Like there's nowhere in the Midbar. It says you can't walk in the Midbar because the Mishkin may have been here. Even Har Sinai we know. They don't know exactly where it is, but let's say you found Har Sinai. Because once Matan Teda ended, it did not affect the Gashmiz de Kavelt. Mashenkin and Harabayas, that was the Mokim Kavua for the Beis Amigdash. And that was from, as we know, from the beginning of the Bria, the Abish to chose that space. It was David that bought it and then developed and they built it later. But that was always Nikva, so therefore it has that element. So they bring this in the good of Kedushalazazim to establish why there's a Rishima. Because if you'd say it's complete Cholol, Complete void. It, it, where's, where's the Gdusha Lizazim came? And then something was Zaz. Which itself needs a big elaboration because what do you mean Zaz? If failures, there's a Tzimtzum, a whole elements are going to be created there. But nevertheless, what really seems to imply is that you can't, that there has to be some Heker. Something has to remain to show that this is not like the Abish Elokus, Gili Elokus, removed itself completely. Something remained. I mean, that's an additional point that they make. Okay, so that covers the Kabbalistic sources. And, and Kabbalah, as usual, does not elaborate much more than what I just said. If you look inside, this is it. They say that there's words and so on. So you, have, you don't have Chassidus Chabad here at work yet. You don't, like, what does all this mean? Like, first of all, why do you need it? Okay, Gedush Lezazim came, fine. But what is the role of the Rishim? And what does this Asius mean? And how does that play in together with the whole issue with the Kav? The kav is meant to be the gilu that comes afterwards. What do you need a kashim if you have a kav? You're going to have a kav. It's not going to remain a cholol forever. It's just that there's a so-called space, not in time, conceptually, between simsum and kav. But it's not like it's going to remain a chol. So you have a kav coming anyway. So what's the shimu mean? And clearly the shimu didn't come afterwards. It remains. That's what the whole point of it is. So the havana of all of this Really, this is, comes down to, firstly, the Maimon and Lehoven. This Maimon I'm reading from Lehoven, Mashkos Beit Chaim. He explains this with Mishalim, which I'm going to now sum up. And then, as we'll see, there's another Maimon from the Alter Rebbe that's very fundamental here. It's in Tere Eir Neyach.
I'm just going by order. Okay. And there is where the Rebbe, the, the Tzemach Tzedek has a Tzorachin on it. And the Rebbe Marash comes to answer it. And that's where the Holy Kuach began about this Rishimu. And from this we'll see how it develops. As I said, you'll see it as we discuss it. I just wanted to point out that in Kabbalah, there's two more Sfarim from Rabbi Yisrael Sarug that talk about the Rishimu, Shever Yosef and Mayan Chochmah. Just for the record. Again, it's all on the group. So if you really want to look into it, I tzeichen as much as I could tzeichen, so you can really research it yourself. Okay. So now, what is he saying? L'hoven in the I'm just looking here where I tzeichen it. And then there's another mimer in Lukutatera, Bahar, a little earlier in Lukutatera, the beer of Eshap Seisai. And there too, there are plenty of Hagos that help us understand it. Yeah. Okay. So the Alter Rebbe gives two Mishalim in this mimer to understand the Simpson and the Rishimu and what the role of the Rishimu is. Before I give the Mishalim, the Bekitsa, the Nukuda is this. What the Rishima comes to add is, as he says, Asius, and we shall learn that the Rishima becomes a Sherish Hakalim. Because till now, everything we've learned and we've discussed in the previous Shurim have all been about Eir. You know, where does Eir come from? So there's Eir Ein Sof, and then there's the Eir Hagvul that manifests in the Kav. That's Eir. But there comes another question, Apisechel. Obviously, again, Yeshma'ai and Ebishter, he can do anything, he can create anything he wants. But where did the Kalim come from? When I say Kalim, not just Kalim Ruchnim, even Kalim Gashmim, the goof. The Neshama, you could say we can trace the Neshama all the way back to Eir. Because the Neshama is like Eir, Neir Hashem, Nishmas Adam. It's Eir, Neir Hashem. But what about the goof itself? So Bechlal, when you learn this, you learn a Gerasakej of Simen Chof, that the Guf Gashmi, the Yesh Gashmi, came from the Yesh Amiti, because to create Yesh Ma'ayin, a Yesh that feels, that ain't the ill of a Siba, Shekod Malei Chazra Shalom, Shekod Malei rather, could only come from a Yesh Amiti, Shemitzvusi Matzmusei, ve'en the ill of a Siba, Chera Shekod Malei Chazra Shalom. That's the Lashon of the Alter Rebbe in the Geras Kejah Simachov. Okay, that's fine, the Kayach Ha'atzmus, Creates a yesh. Eir can't create a yesh because Eir has a mokir. To create something that doesn't feel it has that mokir, the only place it can be atzmus. But that doesn't explain the process. We know atzmus also from atzmus is nimshach Eir, and yet there's a process. Eir ain't sof, and Eir ain't sof has dargis in it. Lifnat simtum, and achrat simtum, and Eir agvul, and Eir ablikvul, and yicholte lahoyer, shaloy lahoyer, save of kalam and malakam. That's all Eir. What about the kalim? What's the ishtalshus a kalim? How do kalim come from? To use the example I gave before with a seed. Yes, the Abish to create a kayach, put a kayach in the ground, in the earth. But if you don't plant a seed there, or obviously there are things that grow without seeds, but there are, but they're basically natural seeds in the earth. If you just had earth, um, I want to correct myself. Earth itself will always have something that can grow from it. But technically speaking, it's because the earth has something. For example, if you have a mother's womb, 
if there's no the, the actual intimacy and there's no the hazra of the zera and the and the and the, and the egg and the ovary you're not going to have anything the abishta could want to send the child to this world and the neshama is ready to come down but you need a keli for it that's why the shlesha should fit. it could also work the other way around you can have the t- father or mother could do everything naturally possible. And the Abishta decides he's not ready to send the Nisham. But without a goof, you definitely don't going to have a birth. So in the Ruchni is the same idea. Where did the Abishta plant so-called the seeds or the roots of containers, of all the containers, whether it's the Kalim of Atsilas or the Kalim of Bria or the Kalim Be'elim Aza, the goof itself. And other things that are Kalim. We, we learn about Nitzutze Gdusha, every piece of food, Everything in this world has Alta Rebbe says the Shaykh of Amunah has the Dibur Eliki, the Kayach Eliki, Mahava, Machayim, Machayim, every second. That's the Eir. That's the Eir Eliki. But then that Eir Eliki is Mislabishin, Yehi Eir, Yehi Rekia, Tetsiyaris Desha, Me'edis, you know, all the Tsarimai Modis. Everything also has a Kali. So fine, we know where the Nitzvah's Kedusha comes from, but we also know that the Nitzvah does not create the object. See, this makes a big thing about this. We say it every Friday in Poschel Yog, If an Ishama leaves the body, the body doesn't disappear because the body has its own Shadish. So the Ishama doesn't create the body. It's another discussion how they interact, and ultimately the body will, decompose, but not immediate. If it's like Eir Hashemesh, so then if, this, if the Eid is creating the Kali, then as soon as the Eid is gone, the Kali should be gone. But it's not the case. So therefore we know that the Kali also have a Shadish, the Where's that Shadish? So generally speaking, that is the Rishima. And Achsidis calls it the Kayach HaGvul Sheba'ensef. And here's critical. Kayach HaGvul. Not Eir HaGvul. Kayach HaGvul. In Perik Tes Zion in Ayin Beis, Right in the beginning, the whole sif we distinguishes between keich agvul and eir agvul. It's all taken again in these modern mechanics. So eir agvul is the oil that's nimshach into the keli. Ultimately, the keich agvul is the very power to create the keli. You know, we talk so much about um, the tzimtzum leaves space for the talmud, so the talmud can now enter because the oil has somewhat been diminished or concealed. But we forget to ask the question, well, who has the Talmud come from? How suddenly a Talmud, how suddenly a Metzius enter into the Simpson? The Simpson did was, fine, you conceal the light. But so what? So it's like, okay, so now someone can come into this space. Where's that someone coming from? That's the Rishimu. So the Rishimu, when you think of it that way, is critical. Without it, you don't have a Metzius. All you have is Helen. Now, you need the Helen because without the Helen, the Metzius can't emerge. So the Shimu is called what he calls here the Metzius Aesius. Just another word of saying, we'll explain more what that means, but what's another way of saying, they're all synonymous. They all refer to the same thing. Obviously, each expression focuses on another element of it, but that's what they all are. So the importance of it. We understand clearly, because without it, yes, the Kav can come. In Inyan, you could have the Kav create Kalim. And in fact, in some way, the Kav is a, a part of the process. But then you'd have a problem. The Kalim would then just be a product of Oyer. It wouldn't have a Metzius La'atzmeh, really. And the Ebrister once said, 
He doesn't want tachtenim that are just an expression of concealed light. He wants a mitzias. He wants a mitzias, which I'll just jump for a moment, just I'll refer to it. That's why the Alter Rebbe uses the word simsum niklikelet. Because the Shima doesn't tell this to you when you just say the word the Shima. Shima is the, ma- the meaning of it. But niklikelet, because he's actually saying what the whole purpose of it is. And the Rebbe's Sicha, Bishpatim Chavzayin, is all about that. What That Simpson is not just header. Almost the lotion that it says here in the Eitzus Chaim. It's not Cholo Lav Dafke. You can't say it's complete header. There's also something there. Mitzvah because without that, then all Taylor Mitzvahs come into question. One of the points that Rebbe makes in Mishpatim Chavzayin, if our Mitzvah is only predicated, it's only mis- based on concealment, that means that really, really the world is full of Gdusha. So all the sachakal we're doing is not, we're not creating anything, a mitzvah. What about sadikim who are completely durginum and completely saturated with elokus? So their mitzvahs do nothing because, because they, they, for them there's no concealment. So you have to say that the world is a mitzvah. And when you put on film or you, you make, you take a cloth, you turn it into a film mezuzus or stam and sefer you're actually doing something. You're not just getting rid of the helm of the tzimtzum. You're creating something of Gdusha, Gdusha. So going back to the point, so therefore the, the Shema is critical because it's not just a product of Oyer. It has its own Mitzis La'atzme. And the goof, therefore, our goof Gashmi, yes, is, we, we get the Neshama is Mechaya the goof, but the Neshama does not create the goof. And yet... And I have to say, this just, it's really not regate to Teichon here, but it's critical in the whole picture of Agdus Hashem is that that doesn't mean the Kav and Shima don't communicate with each other, just like the Neshama and the Guf. It's not like just because if the Guf is a, is a Metzius La'atzma with its own Shadish, you can make the argument that, so what's going on here? Why do we need pregnancy before? The Ebishter's created a Neshama, here's the Neshama. He creates a body like he did other Mechava. They were 20 years old and stick the Neshama into the body. But we don't see it. It doesn't work that way. It's when the Shama comes in two. From the moment of conception, they grow together. You know, it was the Shama and Gufa growing together. So it's not just two separate uh, tracks. Kavim. They grow together. So you may have heard the expression in my modem. It talks about Mesavisa Eir Nasa Keli. Mesavisa is the Ivies, the thickness in the Eir. Eir creates the means that the Rishimu with the Kav, which is like the root of the Neshama of Eir, together, they develop into what will become Eris and Caleb. So the way the Hebrews mm-hmm. made it wasn't just two tracks, and then they meet at some point, but from the beginning, Caleb will be emerged through the, the Neshama. To just put it in simple terms, and during pregnancy, what's happening? The life force of the Neshama is slowly entering more and more inside this fetus. In the beginning, you only see only almost practically nothing. You only see a shape of a body. But let's say in the first trimester or the second, you can start seeing the development of a, of a child. First the head, and then the organs. And the, I mean, it's fascinating to see. So you see that the kalim are developing while the life force is entering. If Rahman al-Islam, I don't even want to say it, but if the life force wasn't there, it stopped developing. It's not like the Kalim just develop on their own because they have a Shadish. The Abishta made it that their Shadish will be revealed and become manifest and viable through the Eir. I'm trying to find if there's a physical example for this. There have to be. I think in, in cooking, 
Not that I'm a cooking expert. Eating I can do, but the cooking is not my thing. Um, but I think in some culinary things, there when you really there's certain ingredients that remain dormant inside, let's say, any food, and when you bring another ingredient in, you make it come, it comes alive. So the ingredient is not created by the catalyst, but the catalyst brings it alive. I'm trying to find a few examples for it. The point is that the Shere Shakelim are in place in the Rishimu. But if you stop right there and there's no air, it will not grow into anything. It'll just be, okay, we have the ingredients. But now you have to make those ingredients come, come alive. So it's the air that shines through these ACs. To put it in, uh, in uh, the, let's look at an example. I'm gonna, we'll get to the example and quit the tale in a minute, but this is like an introduction to the example. Let's go back to the teacher and the student. Um, the teacher, we know, has to, he conceals his brilliance. So now there's room for the student. Now comes a kav, as we said, a kav that is communicating the ideas to the student. But one thing is missing that we don't usually talk about, and that is the oasis that the teacher is using. That's not oyer. The oyer is the seichel. When you write something in a sefer or a piece of paper, notes, there are two things going on. You have an idea that you're conveying, that's the oyer. But there's the letters that you're using. Imagine you didn't know language, but you had a, you're a brilliant mind, but no one ever taught you how to speak or how to write. So your mind would be trapped, your ideas would be trapped in your mind, you never can communicate them. Letters are not seichel matzalatzma. Because you could just write gibberish also. You could write Aleph, Tov, Beis, Dalit, Hey, and it means nothing. Letters are kalim that allow the flow of the seichel to express itself. Right now, if I was conveying an idea and I didn't have words, I didn't have letters, and I couldn't speak a language, but not your language, it would be meaningless what I know. I have no way to get to you. So the kalim are critical for the communication as well. So where do these atheists come from? So it says in Chesidus that Asius are Mushrish and Kadmus HaSeichel in Etzema Nefesh, which we'll talk about as well, that Hashimu is rooted in a very high... It's the Kayechagvul. That's the Seichel. Again, the Ebershter can do whatever he wants, but he wanted it to be in a Seichel Dikka way. So in addition to the Oyer, which is carrying the ideas, if you wish, the divine ideas, what the Ebershter wants, he also created Kalim to convey it like channels which ultimately, in the lowest levels, will become Eris and Kalim, and then finally a Nesham and Aguf. So a Guf without a Nesham has no direction. And a Nesham without a Guf has no expression. Because what would a Nesham do in this world without a Guf? It wouldn't have Yadayim, Raglaim, it wouldn't have eyes and ears. It would be a Ruchnizdika entity that can't do anything in this world because it doesn't engage with this world. So essentially, what they work, and they work hand in hand. So the Guf needs the neshama to give a direction. The, guf, the neshama needs the guf for the expression. So in the Shere Shainyonim, the kav is the direction, is the oyer, and the shudashimu is the kalim, the Shere Shainyonim, I should say, the oasis that are directed by the oyer. So there's oasis from the Kayach HaGvul, Lifnat Simpson that remains after the Simpson. And these oasis, however, need to now come alive. So then you, when the kav returns, and returns into this picture, now the, the so-called the flow of the oil of the kav, which is coming from Kayach HaGilui and Kayach HaGvul, or Eir HaBligvul even, now has Asius which to work with. So both the Asius emerge through the oil, but the Asius have their own unique role to play because without them, if they were not there in place, 
then the air would have nothing to be able to express itself in a proper, organized, structured way. So this is, in brief, the role of these two, Kav and Hashim. Essentially, it's like Eir and Keli, but it's not yet a Keli. So we call Shedesh HaKeli. And the Kav is called Shedesh HaEir. Sometimes the expression is Shedesh HaGili, because the Kav is not Eir yet, like a Eir and a Keli. It's, the, it's a Kav. It's, more, it's, a, it's a more regulated, more, more limited than Eir and Sof, but it's still a Kav. It's like, as I said, now the Neshama and the, and the Guf work together, and that's how something is developed. Now, if the air is too intense or the keli is too intense, it won't work. It needs to be perfectly measured that the air and the keli work with each other. Like I said before, if the blood is flowing too much, it floods things. It can create a hemorrhage. If it's flowing too little, you don't have uh, life. Same thing with the teacher communicating. If you, someone speaks and uses too many words, the air will be lost. Someone uses too few words, you won't understand the idea. So the regulating of communication is Eid and Keli, and that's essentially the Kavan Shimu, the dance, so to speak, where they, where they work with each other. And this is also one of the reasons the Ebrishta made that the Kalim come through the Eid, because that way it will work together. They work together. They're not just two different, it's not like two different products, and then you have to try to figure out how to fit them together. Your Neshama and Guf got to know each other from the moment of conception. And they've been working together. That's why they're so united in a healthy person. You don't even know where to distinguish. Where's the body? Where's the soul? Obviously, the body is tangible. But you can't say, okay, this is the body. The, the Nisham is so, the Nefesh is so in, uh, so infused in, uh, inside the body, you can't separate. That's why Chaimei says Atzmei and so on. Okay, so this is, in some, some of what he says here in Lukut Tata. I still wanted to talk about the Misholim he gives. See, time is limited here now. Um, but also, obviously, from different Maimorim. What I said now is not my own explanation. This is more or less a summary of some of the Maimorim that just give the picture of Rashim. It's far from over. Trust me. This is just the basis of understanding what means what the Rashim means. So to sum up, you could say two things that are critical. The Rashim, first of all, tells us, like from the Emek HaMelech, that Kedush Zazimim came up. That as much as everything is concealed, there's something still there. It's just not revealed to us, but something remained. So in other words, when we go, when we start our Aveda, you're not working with nothing. You, didn't, you don't begin in a complete vacuum. There's already something there. The question is what that something is. So the Shitzah, Simpson Kipshute, Kipshute, talking about the Eir. Is the Eir literally gone? And removed because, it, and, and therefore, the only way we can connect to it is B'derech Shlila, like we spoke about. Or Simpson Leikib Shutei, the Alter Rebbe, and the Chesidus Chabad, and the final Psak. That means that the Eir is only concealed. But it doesn't talk about the Kalim. The Shimu comes and says that the Kalim, that the Shedesh HaKalim, the letters, is another factor that happened after the Simpson. So we have here both something remains, and what remains is the Keach and the Asius. What still needs to be clarified is, what does, the, what does that mean? If you were able to meet the Rishimu, so to speak, and there's no Kav, would you see it? If you were right there after the Tzimtzum and it says there's a Rishimu, would you see it? And on one hand, you'd think, no, because it's only Rishimu, there's no Eir. So something's there that you don't see. So what does that mean exactly? And that's where the Mashalim of the Alter Rebbe will come in to understand that. And of course, comes next. The next big question is: Did the tzimtzum affect the rishim? And here's where the big chiddush of the Reb Marash, where he says, "No, it did not." 
which is interesting. In other words, it's Simpson Le Noga, the AC Sarashimu, he says. And that's a chidush of the Rebbe Maharaj, based on the Alter Rebbe's Lashenus and Tere'er and other places. And that, of course, we'll talk about. So this is going to be probably maybe two or three shiurim at least, if we want to get a thorough understanding. But we will come away with understanding something critical. And that is, we spoke a lot about the Mafkamina from let's say, is the Aved in this world, with the world, in the Tzir of this world, or no, this world is only a Prusdur to lead us to Elam Haba, and basically, really, it's ultimately in order to connect the Ruchnis. I mean, that was one of the things. But we're going to see from the Rishima, it goes a lot deeper than that. The concept of Dirba Tachtenim is not just that Tachtenim you don't destroy, but the Gashmi Se'elim, the Kalim themselves, can are Elokus, and we can refine them as Elokus. Because everything you could say is the Neshama is uh, Elokus. But the Kali? The Kali is there for the ride. You need the Kali, like I said before, to express the Neshama. But do the Kalim themselves, what kind of Elokus do they retain? Which would mean the Gashmi Se'elim Mamash. Not obviously Chazrasholim, anything that's Osir. We're talking about Gashmi Se'elim, the Kalim. And we're going to learn through the Rishima that the Kalim themselves, once you understand what their role is, especially when you find out that the Tzimtzum did not affect it, and interesting that the Oyer did affect, because even those that hold Tzimtzum Kipshut, they don't say it didn't affect the Oyer. It just says it's B'dar Chelem. But Nogabah Tzimtzum for sure. That's why there's only a Kav. The Oyer was befated B'chelem. Whereas the Rishima, we're going to learn that the Tzimtzum never even affected. So in a bizarre or ironic way, and it's going to end up being that the Kalim have more Lakus in them in a certain way than the Kav does. But not Begoli. That's the key here. And we'll, we'll learn more about this. We'll talk about it more. So I'll stop here. Let's see this as part one. And again, the Rambi Kamis Adir, so you can definitely look it up. And we'll continue uh, next week. Everyone have a great day. Okay. Santa Zachary.